Welcome, welcome, welcome to all you Monday through Friday people. It is Friday and two days coming. I hope you get two days off. Anyways, for the rest of you, well, you're just like I was, bump and grind till your supposed Friday comes along. So from somewheres out here in the desert, welcome to the show. Let's talk. My name's Mike, your host always. And uh, I'm sorry, I was <laughs> organizing. Anyways, welcome to the show. Let's talk. This episode's called Exposed in the Light. Exposed in the Light. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're ready for your weekend if this is your weekend. But always remember, be careful and go to church on Sunday. And Mother's Day's coming up too, isn't it? Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I know about another week or so. Where are we at? I think it's the 11th, right? Something like that? Isn't that terrible? I don't even know. Oh, I'm bad. I am so bad. <coughs> While I think about it, I'm going to get my mom's Mother's Day gift out. Cause I got her one. Actually, I saw it quite a while ago. I was in uh, a uh, local store, and they had a, like a little card table there with odds and ends stuff, you know, knick-knack paddywhacks, I call it. And they had this uh, neat kind of wallet kind of thing. I don't know. Something for women. <laughs> Anyways, I bought it for her. I thought, you know what? Hey, I'll get it now and then I'll have it when the time comes. I just got to remember when I do things like that. Cause, oh, I forgot I bought that <laughs> years later. Anyways, I'm sorry to rattle on. Let's move on to the show. We'll start with our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask at this time that by thy Holy Spirit, Father, from thy love, thy grace, and thy mercy, and the compassion that you have for us, that you've shown to us, Lord, for us, towards us, through your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask you, Father God, at this time, that thy word be heard, thy words be learned, understood, that knowledge and wisdom be ours, our Lord, and now loosen my my tongue and my heart and my mind, that I may speak your words, Lord, and that your words will bring salvation, truth, and understanding. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 and a drink of water. All right. First scripture today is Matthew 23, verse 24. Matthew, tax collector. Publican also, they used to call him. <coughs> Sorry about that. And it says, Matthew 23, 24, Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat, and then swallow a camel. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat, and then swallow a camel. That's Jesus speaking. First and foremost, up front, always remember something. When we're dealing with scripture, especially, most especially, anything historical, really, in many regards, but with scripture, we got to always remember when we read things of the past, it's a common mistake that we place our own time into the picture and understanding the meaning of the writings, all right? Now, today, obviously, you know, with all the technology and everything else of that nature and advancements and so forth and whatnot, it, it just, it's hard to put our minds back into that, that time or that realm of understanding. And But it's very important because there can be a misunderstanding or even a misinterpretation of what's being said because we're looking at it from, 
Well, from our historical point of view, in other words, our time that we live in and so forth, or I'm missing it. <laughs> we look at it from our time and from our point of view instead of trying to see it from their time and their point of view and what they knew and what they understood. We got to understand, again, the time it was written to understand its meaning. So be, be sure that, you know, when you read your scriptures and you read and so forth and so on, and especially also religious, you know, or religion, certain times, you know, you can get caught up in the, well, what does my religion tell me? Well, again, I'm not trying to bash or disrespect or whatever uh, any particular religion. What what I'm saying is don't let that get in your way either. Okay? So try to keep that in mind. An important note. We got millions of American parents today who are, um, and, you know, I got thinking about this. I had to go pick up my grandson at school the other day. And, you know, so here's all these parents and everything for those that don't ride the buses. And so I, I got talking to a, a, a grandmother and a mother and so forth about what they're trying to teach our kids and if it's being taught in this school or how this school operates. This school thankfully operates, um, <clears throat> well, like a school should. But every day, our precious children are going off to school. And, you know, we like to imagine that our kids the day is being filled with reading, writing, and arithmetic, some science and history, maybe some sports and music. But, you know, it's a terrible thing when they find out what may be truly going on. And they're in for a shock when they find out because there's a total betrayal. Today's public, a.k.a. government-run schools, have become nothing short of left, far left, ideological, political, and religious indoctrination centers aimed at reprogramming and transforming America's children. Remember I spoke before, recently actually, but I have spoken before also, about parents needing to make sure they're proactive and not necessarily react. Of course, you want to react if you're not proactive. At least I hope you're reacting in the appropriate manner or a proper way to, to protect your child. But, you know, the schools, even though they're teaching them reading, writing, arithmetic, and that sort of thing, they're also indoctrinating them. All right? And in so doing, it's it's actually a religion that they're being indoctrinated into. This this, this leftist ideology and so forth can very much be considered a religion, okay? Just as much as our religion or our Christian beliefs dictate our behaviors and our beliefs and our understandings. These kids are being taught to hate their own country and to see themselves and maybe even their parents as racist or, or victims of racism. Either way, they're being sexualized, corrupted, and so many of them are being groomed into the dark LGBT world. With, there's almost, listen now, there's almost 6,000 schools that prohibit parents from even hearing about their child's transgender ideas or transition or, you know, wannabes or not wannabes and so forth. All that stuff is being hidden. 
This is when it's time for you to stand up as a parent and take action in your child's life. All right? <laughs> I hope you're not one of those parents that should have never had kids because you don't know how to deal with it. I'm serious. I've seen so many of them, and I know several of them personally, you know, and I feel so bad for the child. But anyways, it's time to understand it's classic, classic, classic um, evil indoctrination and replacing the three R's reading, writing, arithmetic with wokeism and 1984-style madness. Nothing short of it. And as parents, it's your responsibility. And if you're not taking that responsibility, God help you when you have to answer to the Lord for that one. And that's all I got to say. Let's look at another scripture, Matthew 5. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now, you see, part of what I just talked about and the answer or the support that I gave for it, you know, you need to be speaking up, you need to be talking, you need to be, you know, letting it be known <clears throat> as a Christian parent, you don't, or a patriot, but as a Christian parent, you don't agree with it. Hey, let them say what they want. Let them persecute you. Let them say all kinds of things. Doesn't matter, really. Think about the old, you know, schoolyard adage, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names shall never hurt me. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay? So so we have here a nuclear war. This is, remember I spoke in my last show or the one before that, I gave you like a, a concise headline thing. I said, watch for these things. These are going to be the headlines of this year. Um, and, and one of them I left out of there was the UFO thing, but we won't, you know, I'm not going to, Talk about that right now, but that was one of them. But this one in particular, nuclear war. <laughs> this better be very much on your radar because when you look at Joe Biden, you got to wonder, is this guy going to get us killed? Because he's really, he's not aware of what goes on around him. That's plain. I, you know, I'm not going to talk about it or get into it deep, but he's out of touch, totally out of touch, Okay. But if you thought to yourself, you know, is this guy going to get us killed or maybe not killed, but, you know, anything in between, you're not alone. He is an ill-tempered lunatic. That's right. <laughs> an ill-tempered lunatic. And he's not there mentally. And it's, it's interesting because the foreign policy team and even his domestic policy team, uh, includes well-known warmongers over the past two years. They've been provoking, you know, on the domestic or the uh, international scene since he became president illegally. They've been provoking other countries, our enemies, every chance they get. And we're literally on the brink of, of, of nuclear war. This is, this is, is listen, <laughs> This is the equivalent of the uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis during the days of Kennedy, okay, when Russia parked nuclear missiles in Cuba, you know, 90 miles or whatever off our southern shore, you know, in Florida. This is as serious as it gets. Now, they keep telling us they know what they're doing, but I got to be honest with you, 
This is not something that if you get wrong, there's a redo. This, you know, it doesn't work that way. Because unfortunately, once the missiles start flying, there's no going back. And this Buffon in the White House, this inept individual and his entire <laughs> structure are really just pushing us in that direction. This war in the Ukraine is where, that's like ground zero right now. It, it, it's nothing short of a full-blown proxy conflict between us and Russia and both sides escalating matters over and over and over and over. So where does it end? Well, at this point, the Biden administration's already announced, listen, and another one today, 36 different military aid packages for the Ukraine since they started this war. Another 325 or 300 million just announced today. <laughs> it's just like anything in certain respects. Money doesn't solve the problem. This is, again, since the invasion in, what is it, February 22? Since then, more than $35 billion. Boy, that money would have gone a long ways to help out this country in so many different areas, wouldn't it? And now we're bailing out banks. The other side of the coin, the Russians, they're, they're, looking, they're looking at this nothing short of a battle between East and West. And at this point, the Russians believe that they're fighting for all the marbles. You see, when I say earlier, you got to get into the mindset of the people from the past, you know, to understand what they're saying, whatever. You got to get into your, you got to get into the mindset of the Russians and how they think about things. Now, I'm not talking about the Russian people, you know, the citizens and so forth. Just like many times I'm not talking about, you know, we the citizens of this country either. But in, so in this situation, you got to, you know, get into the mindset of the Russian leaders. I'd say get into the mindset of Joe Biden, but there is none. <laughs> but they believe, you know, it's everything or nothing, all or nothing. Put all your cards on the table or walk away. And Dmitry Medvedev is openly warning that they will use nuclear weapons when push comes to shove. This is on their, you know, this is on their minds. This is part of their their plan. This is not something, a last-ditch thing. No, this is up front. He spelled out very plainly, um, and I quote, that Russian doctrine makes it clear that Russian that, or that nuclear weapons may be used if Russia faces an act of aggression involving other types of weapons which threaten the very existence of the state. You see, all these speculations about how the Russians will never do this are worthless. And Western analysts and Western commanders, both militarily and politically, should simply assess our rules and our intentions. You got to take these threats very seriously, especially coming from Russia. I mean, you know, 
anybody who's going to threaten you should be taken seriously. And then last but not least, well, yeah, they're parking their nuclear subs right off the coast in the Atlantic. Haven't had that quite happen like that since, uh, oh, yeah, Hitler. So, just a reminder, just something to give you a heads up about what's going on, and we're going to move along. Do you know, do you know that you could be thrown in prison for 20 years, 20 years for something you might do in the future? 20 years or more for something you did decades ago. This is what's being considered in what's called the Restrict Act. It seems as though the Democratic Party is emulating, well, like I've said before, the Nazi Party or any other, or a communist party. But they're worse than the Nazis. They're worse. Because they have more in their control. They have more assets to control. Now, believe it or not, the facts are the facts. And no matter how they try to bluff their way to silence anyone who dares question their biggest lie of all, In other words, you know you're free. This normal, so-called bias makes us think it can't happen here. But it is happening here. It is happening here. That we could lose all our freedoms in a flash, push, gone. With the passage of this sort of legislation... Passage of central bank digital currency legislation. They're denying it. They're trying to say, well, no, that's not exactly what it's about. Well, no, that's exactly what it's about. This was described by Ohio GOP Representative Warren Davidson. He was interviewed on the John Solomon Report, and he said this, an emergency, yeah, okay, take two. An emerging bipartisan coalition of civil libertarians on the right and left warns the legislation is a Trojan horse in empowering the Commerce Department to crack down on what they call, you know, upfront TikTok. They fear the bill would give the federal government sweeping new authority to surveil and punish, largely free of public scrutiny or accountability, digital communications transactions posing vaguely defined vaguely defined undue and unacceptable risk to national security. This is the same as like, you know, we're domestic terrorists if we speak up in school or whatever. Among other things, this Restrict Act would, among other things, again, criminalize the use of virtual private networks also. And this is relied on by millions of Internet users to protect their data when browsing the Internet. You see, (laughs) 
there's a bunch of people <laughs> someplace, somewhere, so forth and so on that sit around and this is all they think about. This is all they dream up. This is all they're good for. Take away your freedoms. Understand. Let's read Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 16 through 19. You shall know them by their fruits. Pay attention now. This is Jesus speaking. You shall know them by their fruits, which means their actions, their deeds, their lifestyle, their words. And then he asks, Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Then he ends by saying this, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. <coughs> so when their actions, their deeds, their intentions are evil, then that means that the tree is evil. Right? It's not a good, it's not a good tree. Matthew 7. You know, resistance is futile. That's what they tell you, right? Resistance is futile. <laughs> the board, remember, resistance is futile. The wife and I were watching a show yesterday. What the heck were we watching? Probably Law and Order. Thank you, hon. <laughs> Law and Order. And this woman's on the show, and my wife says, what'd you say? She was the... She goes, here's the board queen. I didn't see it. I didn't... It didn't dawn on me, you know, like at first when she said the Borg Queen, you know, I knew right away it was a Star Trek thing and so forth and so on, but it didn't dawn on me. So anyway, she says, here's the Borg Queen. And it was interesting because as the, we're watching the show, you know, there's sometimes something about somebody that tips you off who, do, who they are, their voice, the, the way they talk, their mouth, their eye, you know, something. All of a sudden, it was the way this woman's mouth moved when she spoke and her her vocal level, you know, like what she sounded like. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's the woman. And she goes, yeah, that's what I said, the Borg Queen. So anyways, the Borg Queen. That was pretty cool. Resistance is futile. But in reality, that's what, globe, what the globalists want you to believe. That's what somebody like, um, you know, Klaus Schwab and all those that's what they that's what they want you to believe. Bill Gates, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They've designed what they believe to be a perfect world where you will own nothing, eat bugs, and be happy. Or as they're already doing in Europe, genetically modified meats and so forth. In other words, you won't know because it, there's no way of knowing. They don't have to label it as such. You won't know if you're eating a real piece of hamburg or something that was made in a, a factory, you know, genetically or something, or, you know, whatever. And you think it can't happen. I hear it over and over. I'm telling it's right now, and you still think it can't happen. Well, you better think again. It happened before, told you many times, as the Nazis swept through Europe. They brought with them all kinds of changes that people never thought could happen. Yet, in case in point, kind of, or just an example, a scientist 
or the scientists overall, headed by Dr. Mengele, colluded with the Nazi government. And guess what? Businessmen followed. Money, money, money. There's money in medicine, whether it's for good or bad, there's money in it. And of course, the businessmen and and the, you know, they're going to come along and they're going to say, hey, if there's money in it, we're with it. Whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, they don't care. You know, these people that were being experimented on by Mengele and his staff and his type ended up murdering 450,000 Jews and gypsies. IBM, believe it or not, was responsible for numbering and keeping data designed to track all activity while experiments were going on being performed at will. IBM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that IBM. Right. See? Big business. I mean, I don't see any difference in that and the 1.1 million or so or however many it is that died under this COVID-19 experiment. Dr. Fauci should be brought up on the same charges they brought up Dr. Mengele on. So who's culpable? Culpability means responsibility for a... Okay, take two. That Culpability means responsibility for a fault or wrong to blame. A level of moral culpability. Let's look at some examples. Joseph Kennedy the father of the president, John Kennedy. All right? He sold guns to the Nazis. President Bush, grandpa, or not president, sorry, (laughs) Prescott Bush, the grandpa to the Bush cartel, he had his company create the odorless gas used in the gas chambers. Also had a lot of monetary and financial uh, transactions going on. He actually got caught. Yeah, Dr. Goebbels, Joseph Goebbels, mainstream media his day, he was the head propagandist and was responsible to get the Nazi ideology spread to everyone all the time on all products. He never stopped. Never stopped. He ended up committing suicide. Him and He killed his family, his wife and kids, had like six kids, you know, in love and dedication and commitment to the Fuhrer. What a shame. But anyways, he used the mainstream media the same way they're using the mainstream media now to spew their evil propaganda. And just like then, it's happening now to people believe the lies. And, well, quite honestly, (laughs) the turn against their neighbors has already taken place. I mean, if you're a Christian and or a patriot, In certain parts of this country, you better keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you sort of thing. Now, just for an example, another example, um, as we did with Kennedy, George Soros, his family, he and his family, they helped the Nazis locate Hungarian Jews. He said, Soros said, he liked playing God. Isn't that something? Now, Klaus Schwab's father, 
Schwab being with the e- World Economic Forum, he worked uh, with the Nazis. Interesting, these guys are Jews going against their own people like that. Well, I guess it really, you know, the bottom line is we're all part of the human race, right? Everything and all the lies the people were told was the reason why Hitler or the reason why somebody like Hitler comes to power. Just like Biden today. The media back then was run by the Nazi party. Ours is controlled by the DNC or the rhinos in America. You see, somebody like Bernard Rust, who handled education in in Germany at the time, he turned it into a centralized department with all schools joining in the training of Hitler's youth. The unions managed the teachers, and then, of course, they became messengers for the regime, and students pledged to their leader, Adolf Hitler, a totalitarian. Everything was controlled by Hitler. And just like today, they said the same thing. You'll have nothing and be happy. Another example is uh, William Gates Sr. In this regard, he <laughs> helped to create the Planned Parenthood, which is nothing short of an extermination murder camp for, you know, unborn babies, or now even born. The only thing that Nazis really were missing, but they used what they had to the best of their ability, was technology. But don't worry, uh, you know, if you're worried. (laughs) Don't worry. We got plenty of that, including AI. Folks, this is as real as it gets. Their goal is to control everything, all means of production, all means of distribution, all aspects of human activity. You see it going on. I mean, it's, 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 listen. (laughs) Oh, dear God, please open your eyes and see what's happening. Please step outside the box. They want to own everything, and they're not going to stop until they get everything. Always remember, there isn't a single dictator who ever cared about anybody else but themselves. There's many politicians alive this very day throughout the world and in Washington, D.C., and on your local state levels that care about nothing and nobody but themselves. They think they have the right to control your life. They are only richer because they've been stealing it, and they're stealing it from you. They're not smarter. They're not more well-off because they have some kind of higher intelligent or intellect. No, they're just great thieves. That's all it is. And they work together as a cabal. Con men, Tina says. They use the same tools that the Nazis did, that any any regime does like that. And they use it to, you know, spew out their propaganda, uh, you know, create censorships and mind controls. And man, they've been so successful there. I mean, they're they're giddy. But I hope by listening to this show and 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 paying attention to what I'm I'm trying to tell you here, you know what to look for. 
know and understand. You can never trust them. Never. And remember something else. Everything is connected. I don't care, and I've said this before. I don't care whether they're Democrats, Republicans, right, you know, whatever. They're all connected. And nothing happens at random. Everyone and everything follows the same plan. So all plans are based on lies. And then and globalists must control the op- opposition. Now, a couple things that have happened recently are examples. Dan Bongino, gone. Fox News, gone. See ya. Bye-bye, Dan. I'm not saying I agree or I like it, but I'm just, you know. Tucker Carlson, gone. Because, again, it's all about money, power, and control. They can't control, and Dan Mangino won't allow himself to be controlled by them. Neither would Tucker Carlson and others. There's going to be a house cleaning, trust me when I tell you. So if we have all these unrepentant evildoers, because they are unrepentant. These are the ones who seek out and do evil on a daily basis. And believe me when I tell you, they seek it out. They look for it. Like an alcoholic or a drug addict looks for that next fix and they won't stop until they get it. Come hell or high water, as they say. So I pondered that question. Where where do the unrepentant sinners go? It's interesting that these are the biblical illiterates. All right? No disrespect that I'm like, I'm not saying I'm better or I'm best or whatever. That's never the case. Never has been. No, sir. Never said it. Never said it. If you get that idea, well, that's your own misfortune because I never said it. In fact, I've always said the opposite. They're telling us, they're telling us that when we speak to them about the Word of God, about the need for repentance, They're telling us, oh, who are you to judge me? You got to have heard it. I mean, if you've ever evangelized or witnessed to anybody, who are you to judge me? Well, you know, it's kind of like I always say, you know, my name is Mike and I'm an alcoholic. Well, my name is Mike and I'm a sinner. I'm not judging you. I'm relating to you. I'm relating with you. I'm trying to help you understand something. I'm trying to help you overcome where you are and see where, well, first of all, see and understand where you are and why it's it's not a good place to be. But they'll use that same Bible that they know absolutely nothing about except for a few verses they probably remember just for the, you know, propaganda value of it. But they're telling us, you know, that we have no right to say anything, and they make themselves the judges by telling us who is holy and who is going to heaven. Listen, people. Look at society and the moral decay of this country. These hypocrites are the same ones that have stood of self-proclaimed standard bearers 
And they're nothing short of a reproach to the nation, and they want to tell us what's best for us, number one. And then tell me who's going to be going to heaven and who's not, because you got them throughout, government and religion. I got to tell you something. When they tell me what they think and whatever about Jesus, I don't see that in the Bible. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, and I get the Jesus is love and God is love. Yeah, you're right. But man, that's, you know, when Jesus comes back, it's not going to be about love. Okay, I'm telling you right now. It's not going to be about love. It's going to be about anger and vengeance. Love was the first time. You got an opportunity for love and forgiveness and mercy and compassion and all that right here and now. If you repent. You know, the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they rejected knowledge. He goes on to finish it by saying, I will also reject thee. Look, look at the hell that they've helped create here on this earth for their lack of knowledge and apathy. <laughs> and then it's our fault, right? You know, to whom it may ever apply, let me say this. Don't twist scripture the way that Satan does it. Don't do it. Like the scripture said in the beginning, no doubt these blind guides strain at the gnat and swallow the big camel. There's nothing short right now, folks, in this country, in this world of wanton abandonment. The secularization of society... God's gone. His supremacy, his law from the center of, of, of focus, placed in man in the position of final authority by which our own standards or morality and fulfillment come. They've taken God away from us. And as this revolution has occurred, mankind's placed himself on his own throne of deity. That's the, come on. And those who still believe and follow God are seen as old-fashioned, unevolved, stuck in their ways, and hateful. Oh, yeah, I'm hateful because I, you know, oh, yeah, talk about your sin, which is no different than mine. And, you know, right now, it's not even a thing to come in the future. Our statements, our faith is already considered hate speech, domestic terrorists, we're being censored, we're being legislated. Every single way they can find, every single time, every opportunity that they get, they throw God out. You know, if Jesus wasn't the only way, the truth, and the life, if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, if God isn't who he said he was, why do they keep trying to throw him out? Why are they so hell-bent on destroying the word of God? Why? If it's, if it's not a true book, then what? who cares? It'd be no different than the Wizard of Oz or anything like that. Right? It's just a fantasy. That's why a lot of them believe in it, but... But seeing as it's always, the, it's always the subject, it's always on the front burner. 
then that tells you right there, there's something to it. There's something to it. Because by abandoning God and his laws and his, you know, his holy book, the one who imposes absolute truth and moral law, by throwing that out, by abandoning it, we no longer have a common thread of right and wrong to unite us. Nothing. Nothing. If there is no God, then there is no standard by which morality is required. Well, at least to be measured by. And if morality, listen, if morality is left completely up to individual preferences, in other words, how I feel or my truth, you know, then we can, I guess, decide that acts previously considered sinful or even heinous are no longer immoral based on personal enjoyment. Kind of like this thing with the UN and pedophilia. You see, it just never stops. It wasn't, it wasn't good enough they could murder the child in the womb. No, now they're going to let the child be born and die. Yeah. Some people, believe it or not, escalate the abandoned God philosophy that <laughs> believing God's nothing more than a mere state of mind or some other attribute found in each of us. You know, the God spark in each of us, so forth and so on. Bend down that road, folks. Mm-mm, dead end. God were... Oh God, <laughs> people were given by God a choice of two paths. Everybody has the choice. From the beginning till now, it, it has taken us years to get here, centuries, you know, right? Millennium. But remember one thing. Complicating truthful perspectives will be a tool used to groom the masses to embrace unthinkable deeds. I'm going to tell you that one more time. Complicating truthful perspectives will be a tool used to groom the masses to embrace unthinkable deeds. Folks, even though many people would like to assert their autonomy apart from God, there's a theme that goes throughout history that says that mankind wants to be connected to a divine authority. Did you know that? People who study human nature, I read about this, throughout the ages have really come to draw the, the common conclusion that mankind, of his own accord, not being coerced in any way or shape or form, consistently comes up with a religious system that involves powers as you know, such as good and evil and hierarchies of entities, of entities. And other than modern Western culture, few civilizations have evolved to become a, you know, become free of religious belief. It's just, it's something that's in us. So you've got to ask, why is that? It's because there is 
without any question, a large-scale need for God. These dark emotions experienced by today's society, they express nothing short of a need for a Savior. Unfortunately for society, if they don't get with the right Savior, they're going to take the wrong one. And this, this need for the participation in positive activities, causes, See, this all shows a generation looking for righteous undertakings, and yet these actions are exploited by the false gods of this world that distract us from the underlying pain of separation. So they're trying to fill the void with falsehoods and lies and deceit and so forth and so on, and that void can only be filled by the, you know, the living God, the true God, through his son, Jesus Christ. Man's become their own gods, once again, over and over again throughout history. And, and again, preoccupied with our own reason, our own powers that are, you know, these people are perfectly willing to sit back and watch members of society destroy themselves at their own expense in search for love and spiritual fulfillment, and yet it's bringing death and destruction and eternal hell. Got to ask ourselves, have we got to the point of no return? Only God knows that for certain. But one thing for certain, we're on the brink of judgment. We actually were in judgment. And how do we get here? Again, this nation. Well, threw God out. No short, no, nothing short. The America right now that we live in, I, man, it'd be <laughs> scarcely recognized by prior generations. Our cities are nothing short of cauldrons of hate and violence, and that's going to become even worse. Believe me when I tell you. As this economy stutters and stalls and falls, <clears throat> a lot of these downtowns and stuff are going to turn into no man's lands because the crime is going to be so rampant. And yet they keep, you know, telling us everything's all right. I'm telling you right now, America's never been in such peril. Never. Ever. The problem, as I've always told you, is the same. It's the same throughout the ages. From the very beginning till this very day, in any country place, any country town, any country city, any country person, the problem is forgetting God and what he requires of us. I mean, basically, we're not even basic. We're not even trying to follow the basic moral laws. We're just trying to go along at our own pace, our own style, our own way, thinking that that's the direction, you know, that we're supposed to go in. And the Bible tells us the exact opposite. The exact opposite. We need to get back to, well, maybe let's say like, say like Mount Sinai, <laughs> you know, 
Let's go back and meet God for the first time. Read that in the, in the Old Testament. Book of Exodus and whatnot. Start from there. Read about the first encounter with the Lord God. Here I am. You are my people. I chose you back when. Your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, I led them, so forth and so on. And then bring it on up, bring it on all the way up to Calvary. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world. May you please, O oh Lord God, have mercy on us. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about anything of that nature whatsoever. What I'm talking about is the need to repent, turn away from our sin, and turn back to our Creator, to the Lord God. Because nothing short of this is going to sustain us or our nation much longer. That's it, folks. But before I let you go, I want to mention Monday's show. Well, it's going to be kind of like about farming and cows and heifers and cattle and Isaac Newton. We'll see how that all fits in together on Monday's show. Hey, thanks for listening. Always, folks, always, I mean, the peace and blessings, grace and mercy and love. And also, always, 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 over and again, the forgiveness of our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Goodbye.